This podcast series is brought to you by Brilliant. Brilliant.org is the best way to learn math, science, computer science, all interactively. Look, are you struggling with your exams in Pokemon Scarlet and Violet? Brilliant can help you out. Thousands of lessons and new ones added every month. You can start bite-sized or you can challenge yourself to learn more. Look, we all know that Pokemon makes you think and Brilliant can help with that too. If you are a lifelong learner looking for a new challenge, you can get started for free by visiting brilliant.org slash P-K-M-N-C-A-S-T or you can click the link in our show notes. And Brilliant has a special offer for its super effective listeners. The first 200 who head over to brilliant.org slash P-K-M-N-C-S-T will get 20% off Brilliant's annual premium membership. It's almost the new year, so why don't you learn something new? And a huge shout out to Brilliant for sponsoring this series. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to the final episode of Super Picnic Club. That's, we did it. Do you promise? <laughs> Pro- promise we talk about picnics finally. Pro- promise it's the final one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, this 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 will be the final one. Uh, we, we, you know, we could have gone. There was there was a point where I was like, oh, did we do like seven or eight? And then it was like, let's just put Elite Four and gyms all together here. Um, <laughs> it makes sense. Uh, Greg is here. Hello. Domore gato, Mr. Roboto. And Al is here. I don't have something clever to say this time. Oh, all right, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> it's oh, <okay>. late. <laughs> if you have beaten Arvin and you have beaten the Elite Four and you have beaten Penny, aka Big Boss, aka Cassiopeia, aka BB, aka BB. Yeah, they called her BB for quite a while. BB for like oh, big, big boss, boss. Yeah. yeah 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 that 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 girl has so many nicknames <laughs> might be my favorite part about her is I don't even have one nickname that you know of <laughs> yeah that's true I don't know I don't know what the YouTube comments are calling me I, I do I read them all uh, okay so uh, we're gonna be talking about Area Zero which is uh, let's crack open a whole other storyline last minute. Which I mean, I think I think is fine. Look, before before we open the gate and dive into Area Zero, uh, I know you two might disagree with me, but I absolutely loved the pacing of this game. I've played a lot of open world games. We did have that discussion of like, what open world games did you play? How many did you play? Uh, all that stuff. I played a lot of open world games. Sometimes the you know the 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 main story they want you to go through isn't particularly interesting. Sometimes you find a side story that's really compelling and you want to see that all the way through. Um, sometimes you don't care about any of the story, but like the world and the combat and the things you do are just good enough to make you explore and do everything. I felt that way with. Two minutes in, Breath of the Wild. Did not care at all <laughs> about defeating Ganon or or saving Princess Zelda, but that world to me was absolutely amazing to explore. Um, and the combat was great. 
Uh, and that's what kept me going. I know for some people, it might have been to save Zelda. Uh, I didn't really care to do so. I don't Zelda. think you save Zelda in Breath of the Wild. Well, Zelda yeah, definitely you don't really saves save you her. Game. You save the, the kingdom. You save the kingdom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Zelda's help. <laughs> like, if it weren't for Zelda, we'd all have been dead 100 years yeah. ago. <laughs> I mean, and I will say that I played one open world g- game for 10 years. Do you sometimes wish you had that time back? <laughs> no. I learned a lot in that game. I was part of the early... Co- like, I learned a lot about the world, about how companies work, controversy. Like, for as crappy as World of Warcraft ended up being, like, I <laughs> enjoyed my time, and it taught me both very good and very bad lessons. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely adored Final Fantasy XIV. Um, I still and- do. It's the, hands down, my... Like, if, if you want to know what a good RPG story is that has voice acting and cutscenes while your main <laughs> character never says a word, th- this is the game. Play Final Fantasy XIV. The only game that has made me cry multiple times in two different expansions. I know people talk about how great that story is. And there were story beats oh. I definitely like. I was like, oh, this is really cool. But there was a lot in Final Fantasy XIV, especially um, A Realm Reborn, where I was like, oh, I just don't, just get me through the end. I just want to do the raids. But- Everybody, Realm Reborn is the worst, which is why they've cut it down to yeah, yeah, a yeah. third of its size. And, and, you know, I that, that just my preference, a Realm Reborn jaded me going into Heaven's Word. And people were like, oh, Heaven's Word is better. But it's like, ugh, I had to suffer through a Realm Reborn. <laughs> Anyways, but like, I <laughs> liked the Titan stuff so much that I wanted to see it through. I like the Team Star stuff. We've talked about that. I wanted to see it through. Uh, the champion stuff was exactly what it was <laughs> like there was no twist there was no turns it was fine like obviously i we said last episode very traditional experience that they went with the thing that like really made me so happy with these games is that and up to this point there is no save the world we, yeah we talked about this in i think the first episode because none of us had done area zero at this point yes we'd all i don't think any of us had finished all three of the quests and we, so we were just like, oh, it's it's quite nice. There's no like save the oh wait here it is we found it <laughs> we we, f- we found it yes, <laughs> but I, I I will put a pin in that. I didn't want to bring it up, but the Iron Titan, the Iron Titan battle, the one that's in the desert, yeah, was mm-hmm. when I guessed what the end plot was. I th- uh, okay, we'll, we'll we'll skip around. I I, I want to get through this point, but like when they get to the save the world part, it to me makes sense and it's done i think pretty well it's done good enough where i where like it was it was fine it was acceptable i think here here's the thing they did a thing in this game that i've been saying for all of the plot lines they finally gave it human connection and human emotion and the ending Mm. works because really the plot line that's the most important is the human one and less about saving the world, right? There is another huge emotional tie that you're dealing with that carries that plot, just like you've had an emotional tie for all the other ones, except for the gym leaders. And they really need to focus on keeping these stories human-based and human-emotioned and not these grandiose cuckoo banana things. Like, the ending works brilliantly in a lot of ways because... What about you shining are tied, Lee? You are tied in. Pearls. We're not doing that. <laughs> get, get off this call. 
be, simply because you have you have made a number of human feeling emotional mm. connections. And if if they hadn't done that work beforehand, that whole bottom area would have fallen flat on its face. Here's here's the thing with Pokemon that I think got lost for twenty some years, and I think I said this very early on in one of our episodes because uh, I think I brought up like Team Rocket um, in in Kanto. When I fell in love with the series, right, I I found the anime first. And we can talk about how the anime is geared towards kids, although I don't, obviously, it, the whole series is not, the whole the whole franchise is, is geared towards everyone. Anyone they can get, they want. They want adults. They want kids. They want teenagers. Mm-hmm. They want grandpas, right? At a certain point, you know, us that were 10 are now 30. And in 20 more years, we'll be 50. They still want us, right? They, some of us are already there. Some of us are already there. It's like it's like Disney. I don't think anyone at this point would argue that Disney is for kids. Disney Cruises, Disney World, like the amount of merch, the amount of nostalgia they rely on. No company, like there, there's never going to be a point where the Pokemon company is like, we're for kids because they are alienating, they are alienating their audience if they say that. They are for everyone, and they market towards everyone. You could argue maybe 20 years ago they were not doing that. But even Nintendo, they want every single person out there to own a video game system. And I I would argue that they did a pretty good job when the Wii came out. Because I, I knew parents that wanted a Wii in their house for the first time. I knew people that... Worked in nursing homes. They were they would come in. They would be like, "Hey, do you guys?" I worked at GameStop during this time. This is why I know this. They would come. We're looking for Wii's. We want something to put in the the nursing home because uh, the folks there want a Wii. Like, do you have mm-hmm. any in stock? Like, Nintendo did such a good job getting an audience who never cared about video games to now care about video games. Does that mean that Nintendo doesn't make games for kids anymore? No, of course they make games for kids, but they make games for adults. They make games for 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 older people. Pokemon All ages. The, Pokemon is the same way. You can say, "Well, the TV show is for kids." Yeah, sure. But that doesn't mean the video games are for kids. That doesn't mean the 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 $500 watch they just released with Gengar on it is for kids. Like, <laughs> no, like they are making yeah. things for everyone. But Going back to me falling in love with the TV show as a 10-year-old and then wanting the games for Christmas, at no point as a kid did I ever go, I want to save the world. No, the thing they put in my imagination, the thing I wanted to be was a Pokemon trainer. I wanted to explore the world, catch Pokemon, and be the, like, the, the quote of be the very best, right? Like, I wanted to be a Pokemon master. Like, none of what I signed up for was to save the world, which I think those middle games, or well, I mean, technically this game too, were all save the world. No, I just want to be a Pokemon trainer. I just want to catch Pokemon in battle. I don't care about your flower cannon that's going to explode the world. That's not what I signed I up do- for. But to yeah, be I- fair, that is what I signed up for. <laughs> You right? like specifically like, the flower cannon. You were like, yeah, I need to be the one that stops that flower cannon. cannon. <laughs> no, because as Gen One was a great game, but the plotline was nothing. And as an older consumer, and as 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 a person that plays RPGs, I am playing for an interesting story and for an interesting world. And when the plotline is just you're wandering around a region collecting things because I'm bored. 
So yeah, I do want to save the world. I want an interesting story. I want interesting characters who do interesting things in an interesting world. I don't, I live an interesting life. I want to escape somewhere that I can do a lot more than I can do here. So I don't hate stories that let me save the world. I don't hate stories, although they ain't great at the answers they give. And I could talk (laughs) at length about why their stories ultimately fail because they ask questions bigger than they can answer. But if every game was me just wandering around doing the same thing, I would have left the series long ago. I think they accomplished what they wanted to hear, though, with, you know, telling good stories that don't revolve around saving the world. Like when I picked up Bravely Default 2 or the first Bravely Default, even like I knew what I knew what I knew what I was buying. I was buying a game that will like somebody's in terror you're you're the special hero this world is falling apart you got to save it here's a ragtag team of eight different people you can switch them out sometimes i want that experience i never wanted that experience in pokemon but like and this is this is the thing about black and white where like i i don't think that story is particularly good but i think the world they built was fantastic and the lore and the towns and the reason mm-hmm. of the drag, like Kiram and Reshiram, like all of that stuff is so interesting and so well structured. And that in itself makes you want to explore and be in that world. And then it was like, oh, yeah, this little boy in the Ferris wheel is like being manipulated by his weird <laughs> not dad, but dad kind of guy. And like, oh, like, yeah, here, I guess we got to save the boy and save the world. That's not why I'm here, though. Like, I would just love to know more about this gym leader and like why. And that's why I connected so much with these games is I just felt so refreshing. It like like there's something about walking through a world and knowing that like there's like why why is this very tall dude locked up in a prison and why is there a flower cannon aiming for the sky and it's like you gotta you gotta do these things and it's like i got two more badges and 400 more pokemon to catch like i i don't want that pressure i don't care and like there's nothing you're going to suddenly say or do to make me drop what i want to do to like go shut down the cannon i'll get there it's fine Everyone in that town can suffer with no plumbing for the next month because I'm catching Pokemon. I think that's the thing that, that, that I, I like about the, the open world aspect of this game is like you can, you know, I think we, we discussed that before. Like you can you can go and catch like do what I'm doing just now, which is just catching all the Pokemon. I've not done it in my second playthrough. I've not done a single gym. I've not done a single Titan. I'm just catching as many Pokemon as I can before I have to do any of those. And I, I like the flexibility of that. Um, because you know, we've talked before about how Pokemon games are like they talk about the idea of lots of different ways of of having Pokemon, and they've tried to do things in like they had the the beauty contests and they had like the puffin stuff, and like they've had other bits and pieces. But ultimately, to play the vast majority of the game, you still have to battle. Whereas this game, sure, to play all of the game, you have to battle, mm-hmm. but you can play. Most of this game without battling, mm-hmm. basically at all. I mean, besides Legends, you have the least amount of battles of any Pokemon game if you choose to do so. Like, yeah, you, you could get through it just doing the milestone. I, I don't know what to call them. The key battles. 
the eight gyms, the four elite four, the Titans, Team Star. And that's yeah. not a lot of battles compared to old Pokemon games where it's like every route has five to yeah. eight trainers. Yeah. And, and you only have to do those battles if you actually want to complete the game, which you might yep. not want to. Not, I mean, most people don't complete games. I know that seems like a weird idea. No, no, that, that's... A... <laughs> I, I find it a weird idea as well. But, like, people do that, apparently. Yeah. They're, they're, I mean, like, if you go on to the PlayStation and you, like, look at, like, game completion by trophies, right? Like, as long as your PlayStation yeah. is connected to the internet, it will show you who's completed what. And, like, a thing that, I, that always stood out to me for, like, Destiny was, like, 50% of the people didn't even, like, finish the first, like, world in Destiny. Oh, like all these people bought the game, but over half of them didn't even yeah. finish like the first huge story beat, which I mean, happens like I am sure people listening have 400 games they bought on a Steam sale and they ha- they've opened <laughs> maybe five of the 400. Like it happens. I get it. People get busy. Um, th- and there's a lot of games out there uh, and games are cheaper than ever. And there's a lot of free games. And this is why Pokemon games have had to change over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, is like mm-hmm. you have so much to compete with uh either free yeah. or discounted or just the mass amount of games that come out um and i i think they did i mean i think they did a really great job <laughs> with the huge asterisks of i wish the game ran better i wish the you know you didn't fall through the floor i wish the you know, great balls didn't appear in every doorway right like besides the issues i think they made something really special here and they i, I think a lot of good choices were made or a series that has kind of fumbled the story time and time again. I don't think the story was perfect, but like I enjoyed each each one enough to be like, I want to see this through. Uh, to the point where like I wanted I wanted to just see it through, not to like get it out of the way or get it done with. Like I wanted to see what happened to the dog. <laughs> I wanted I wanted mm. to see who the final boss was, right? Like uh and I enjoyed I I, I think they to me, they nailed those endings to a point where I was like, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Like, dog lift, uh, cool. They, t- to me, my issue with it again, and it held up for Area Zero, is everything was really predictable. Uh, there wasn't a single time in this entire series that I was completely shocked or, oh, I can't believe they did that. I, it, it, it felt to me very paint by numbers and i will say towards the end of each storyline i was just doing them to get them done because i'm like i know how this is going to end uh, i i just now want to get to the ending so you you say there was no are you you're including area zero in this correct so you so you weren't shocked by the fact they actually nope. killed someone in this game? No, not at like all. I know we i know we joke about the fact that they've been doing that in trailers and stuff. Yeah, yeah, but like this is the first joke. person who's actually died and they've explicitly said has died in a pokemon game i mean that shocked me like yeah, I, honestly, I, I agree with that i'm still surprised they did that Mm-mm. wow i, I yeah uh, i minute, i, I, the I thing, think the minute the minute we stepped into area zero and we got the first message i went oh he's dead well i mean i knew there was something weird right and I, and but i mean you don't have to be shocked at the reveal but like when you first realized, you you weren't shocked at that point. Mm-mm. No, because at that point, with Arvin's storyline the way it was, and the way that they had heavily leaned into his loss storyline, that I figured, okay, well they're not killing the dog because that doesn't 
plot line makes sense, it has to be his parent. Because I that I is mean, like I didn't think that at all. Oh, I did immediately. Yeah. Um, and so they have they have hinted and never explicitly stated, but they have hinted about the terrible fate of your parent in a lot of games and the terrible fate of a lot of people. And I thought I I knew going into Area Zero, I'm like, this, since they have made all of these plot lines very human and very personal, there is one of two options. Either they're trapped in time and can never return, but most likely they're dead. And the most likely one was reality. Um, so again, it's not that it wasn't effective, but to me, as a person that has watched a lot of these stories and got all of the clues, like they telegraphed a lot of these things so far in advance that when I got there, it made sense, but wasn't like, I was like, oh, wow. Like I went, oh, okay, that, yeah, that fits with what you were telling me this entire time. Yeah, I'm sure like everything is like easier in hindsight, but like even, even the, even various episodes of the show, we talked about the professor and we talked about how maybe uh, the schools were going to be pitted against each other. Like they did nothing in the promotion of this to make it seem like, yeah, one that you were like after like 20 hours in, I'm like, where's the professor? We haven't met them yet. And then like 40 hours in like, Oh, I'm about to beat the game. Haven't met the professor. Like that was a bold (laughs) choice that they made. I'm not Mm. saying it's not a bold choice. No, I'm saying it was not surprising to me. So the, the professor not being there and they were, they were able to, I don't know. Like I, I never thought the professor was going to be like dead. And I, I think I said out of my Nintendo preview, like I walked away feeling like, oh, this this uh, future past thing doesn't seem to be like a big play. You know, there there were there were speculations that like Team Star, like half of Team Star is going to be in the past, half of Team Star is going to be in the future, or this Pokemon's only going to evolve in the past. This one's going like there's really not like a, a like uh, obviously the 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 eight Pokemon from each eight, nine Pokemon from each game like these are from the past, these are from the future, yeah. Like, you're you're not going into the past or the future. You're not controlling anything. Like Yet. it is, it, they save it to the end, uh, yeah. and it's like not that mm. dramatic. Um, but when when I got into Area Zero and the the intercom thing started messing up, I was like, oh, there must be two professors. There must be like a real one and like a, a robot one, and maybe the real ones can't talk because the robot one. Like I think for me, the the thought process was like, oh, the robot one is like holding them hostage. Or that's, what, yeah, that's what I thought. Or well. what Greg think of said is like, oh, the professor is stuck in the past and the future, and once I hit a bunch of buttons, it's gonna zap him back to reality. I did think it was shocking that you have this dog that's almost about to die, and Arvin is a hot mess throughout that story, and you finally get that sense of relief that his dog is now alive. Right? Feels good. It was a feel good moment for me to be like, yeah, your dog's alive. Cool. Now I got to battle your dog. <laughs> and you almost have like a happy ending for Arvin. And then he gets down there and then you have to do all of this with him being like, oh, I just learned that my parents did. Like, I did not. I, I a million percent agree with Al. I did not think they would do that in a Pokemon game. Oh, and for all the people that are like, Pokemon games are for kids. Pokemon games are for kids. Like one, you, you clearly didn't understand Sun and Moon story. Because I don't know. Oh, clearly. Because, because if you're an adult, 
sitting here being like, Pokemon games are for kids. You don't understand verbal abuse then as an adult. And you should probably maybe, I don't know, take five seconds to understand that. Like, like, like no kid playing Sun and Moon can comprehend that storyline to its fullest. They might, they, they might relate to it of like, oh, my mom tells me what I should wear and I dislike that. And it's nice to see that like, I have yeah, similar I mean, feelings to that. Sun and Moon also was a great way to plant the seeds. Like <laughs> your parents might not be good people. Yeah, <laughs> yes, totally. Hey, think about therapy when you are out of the house. I, I, can, saying, I could never put myself in somebody's shoes as like a kid having divorced parents or losing a parent or losing a sibling. I just cannot imagine what that feels like. I, ju- mm-hmm. I just can't. And I wish I could. Um, like, you know, I, I've seen so many of my friends have, like, their pets die or lose somebody. And I, I, I just di- I, I didn't have empathy. I, I just didn't know what to ever say to those people because I never had it happen. Like, I just, I just never had that experience. And, like, like you know, when somebody comes to my stream or when a friend of mine or something they're like oh my dog died and it's like man that really sucks and then I, like none of that hit me until like i lost my own cat right and like nothing can prepare you for that i think about a seven-year-old or a 15-year-old or a 20-year-old who like lost their parent like i don't know how they feel when they play this game and maybe for some of them doesn't matter but i i think that 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 can be super impactful and I, I applaud Pokemon, even though they're not, even though they're not the best at storytelling. I applaud them for trying. I think, yeah, I, I think it I, is I, a really, I, I was impressed. I give them credit for making a good personal story. That is not my complaint. It was a good personal story. For me, it was a straight line story. I predicted it from beginning to end. That is not. That doesn't qualify in my universe as a top-tier story. I like stories that I'm like, how are we here? How did we even get here? And unfortunately, despite it being a good story, it was a very predictable story to me. That I, I, I not once was like, I can't believe we're here. I, how did we even get here? How are we here at this point in the game? What's coming next? I don't know what's happening. I knew what was happening very early on. That's not to say they aren't good and they are better because I have said a thousand times they are better stories because they're very personal and very human and they need to keep doing that. But they didn't surprise me. They didn't shock me. They didn't. It wasn't a twist. Larry was all the surprise you needed, Greg. Yeah. Take Larry. Yeah. Be happy. Larry, Larry, Larry made the game for me, really. I was like, yes, you are 100% why I love this game. But that is, again, me not connecting with these stories because I felt they were very shallow is me and my experiences, right? Like, I'm 52, and I will tell you, for you get used to grief because grief never ends. Like, I've had a major person die in my life for eight years now. And you just sort of understand, as you get older, how life, how your life starts to work. 
you start having to say goodbye to people and you start living your life differently because you you are just now constantly living in some form of grief. And it's fine. That is not to say that they shouldn't show this to a different audience. Like, y'all have a different experience with it, and that's great. I have a very different experience with it because of who I am, who I lived, what I consume is for entertainment, and the fact that I, like, people are still shocked that Brit and I predicted the ending of The Sixth Sense within the first 10 minutes of the movie. Like, we knew how that movie was going to end the same way I knew how this game was going to end because of my, what I seek out in stories and what I've lived as my life. That doesn't make them bad stories. They are less impressive to me. I want them to continue making these human stories. I think they are way better, but I will not go on. I can't say that I was like, oh, I can't believe this is what they did because I totally believe that's what they did. I knew it very early on in the games. Speaking of the, 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 the personal, I really liked in Area Zero, as you were walking down, how you see the conversations between the other three, just like naturally as you're walking. And it's not, yes. I think they should do more of that in the future. Where oh, it's yeah. not like, take you away from gameplay, show you conversation. It's like integrated into that. I really like that. <laughs> they finally caught up with games from 10 years ago where most games well, yeah. <laughs> do the, yeah, yeah. the do the walking and talking. But, you know, just also, the, area, the, the actual, the actual just wording was better. really fun as well. Sorry. The only, this is a, a very minor complaint, but if you had your tech speed set to fast mm, yeah, uh, and you did that area zero part, the text did actually go faster than it may have for some people. I mean, you can go into the settings and change that, but like, um, you know, if some people were like, oh, it's going too fast, I, I couldn't keep up. It's you had to like, obviously, the game doesn't like tell you that of like, why is it going so fast? It's it's because your tech yeah. speed was set too fast. Uh, just to finish Greg's point, like I, I have never really had like a, a, a problem with the surprise factor or whatnot. Maybe that that's not the right word, but like predictability maybe is a better word. Um, Like I didn't put two and two together that Gladion and Lily were brother and sister. And that was like a shock for a lot of people. Right. But like that shock didn't change the, the like it didn't make the story better. Um, So like, I think Pokemon games in the past have done shocks for the sake of doing shocks. Like, Whoa. <laughs> like I, I do remember as a kid, like Giovanni being the eighth gym leader was, was a shock. Um, But it, it fit into that story. Like he, he, he was mm-hmm. never there. Like you didn't know, like it, it it fit naturally in that story, and there's a lot of, you know, through Gen two to you know Gen seven, there are ch- twists and turns that are like, oh, okay. I, I mean, I didn't know that. I, I don't think it changes the way I feel about this. I think um, almost everyone knew the dog wasn't going to die. I, I still enjoyed it, right? Like they, oh like, yeah. Like if it, I, I guess I would have been shocked if they let the dog die. <laughs> I, I would have been. I would have. I would have been surprised beyond belief and again but i i was i was shocked that the professor was dead i really genuinely thought that like robot professor was holding them hostage or professor was stuck in a different time zone to be to drag arvin with you after his dog almost died and then be like oh by the way you're 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 finding out the same time i'm finding out that your dad is dead uh (laughs) was was a bit like huh oh that's pretty like oh okay 
not the story I would have expected, but I'm here for it kind of thing. Like, I liked it. Um, you know, and I'm I mean, not, I I'm liked not... it. I, I wish also that it kind of short, kind of short change Arvin's processing time on that one too. Like, yeah, like you got to process a lot really fast uh, here. You, 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 okay. See, we're fine. We're just going to go up. And then immediately you're like, I'm going to go back to catching and let's run along. I'm like, like, dude, you just found out your dad died. 10 minutes ago do you maybe want to like take a moment maybe hug your dog no you didn't care about him cool i think they kind of explained it okay with he him saying and i i I think i could relate to this him saying that um it didn't sink in until the robot version said like i love you or whatever right and i was like oh that's like that's like pretty powerful i think um and i think i think i relate to that to give my own personal take is like, I feel like how I relate to that is, is like texting when you're like texting somebody, a bunch of stuff versus hearing it in person. And so I feel like it didn't affect him until he heard the robot say it. And he even acknowledges like, I know it wasn't, but like hearing that affected me. Yeah. I mean, they give a little time to Arvin grieving, but then it's, they're pretty much you're running up and then it's like, let's continue our journeys together. And yeah. Like, Can we yeah, let him yeah. I mean, just take a, an actual moment to process what just happened? Because we are not doing that yeah. at all. Yeah, it's not. I don't think it's odd that it, it wouldn't happen till after that's finished. Because, like, you know, grief hits people differently. Yeah. Like when my when my Nana died last year, I, I didn't process it at all until the funeral. Yep. Like I knew it, you know, I knew obviously she's dead, but like you didn't actually have that moment until you're sitting in a room with a bunch of people talking about her. Yeah. That's the point where you go, oh, wait, yeah, she's actually gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? I just and so feel I totally like... understand, especially when there's like, we currently need to stop this situation. Right. We don't have time for that. Like that's quite a common thing. Yeah. It's a common thing. I just, there's. I have not run into a thing after that common thing where I'm having yeah. any sort of continuation with Arvin about how he's doing. That's fair. If it's totally in fair. the game, I haven't found it. I know we're talking about Area Zero. I believe, like, I, I think one of our YouTube comments, and for the record, I, I think there was a lot of insightful stuff in the YouTube comments and in the Slack and in the Discord. And I, I, I do read everything. The only thing that gets deleted is, like, personal attacks. <laughs> like, you can disagree with me or Greg totally okay uh but like any i i obviously no tolerate tolerance for you know steve's hairline is bad um but like <laughs> i know with like nimona you could be like oh she's a straight line there is a lot that you could seek out in like the libraries or finding her that mm-hmm. you know t- gives you more insight for her which i didn't do i would like to do that i think with arvin he, there is some processing before and after the tournament um, that if if you wanted that a little bit more for Arvin, I think yeah, it, I, I think it is I haven't there. Hit that yet? Um, I would like to see it some more. Um, simply because it's it's hard to, it, I think it's frustrating to introduce a grief plotline without sort of talking about to an audience who may not have experienced it. What you do with a grief plotline? How do you? How what do you do when somebody comes and says my dog died? Oh, I what mean, is, like, like like I said earlier, like, I didn't know what yeah. to do for the longest time. Right. So when a game introduces these themes, it is it is my desire for them 
to also model good behavior so that people can learn from those games. Mm. Like to model that you 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 do take a moment after Arvin's dad has dead to like check in with them, console them, do something to like not just leave them hanging. Because in a lot of ways it felt it felt a little bit like, yeah, there was something more important going on. So your feelings right now aren't going to be centered. And we'll get back to it when we get back to it, which isn't like a great modeling thing for me uh, of how to deal with somebody who's faced a profound loss. I mean, one could argue since Arvin had not wanted to deal with his dad, there may not even be anything there, which is also a very good topic to have. Like people who are estranged from their parents often don't know how to feel when one of them dies. Like I have a relationship with them, but I'd, I'm not feeling anything right now. Mm -hmm. And those themes are good to introduce to an audience in some part. And I haven't run into it in this game. And I I kind of want them, if you're going to broach the subject, also talk about those things to at least model. Like we know what's good. We can talk to a million therapists about what's appropriate, but model it for an audience who is going to have to face this so that they can see it somehow instead of what kind of happens in the game is you just blow past it and i think that does the plot line a little disservice i don't think it discounts the plot line i don't think it makes the plot line worse but i think they could do those things so that we would be having a universal conversation of they knocked that out of the park yeah i don't want to say the bar is so low but when you look at a game storyline like x and y and you look at a game storyline like this, it's just night and day. It is for a Pokemon game. Right, but right. Not, but, but again, if we are only going to measure them off of their own success, then we aren't ever going to see vast improvements in the series, right? We're going to talk about, you know, we compare it to Elden Ring. We compare it to Final Fantasy. We compare it to a bunch of other things. Like, if we only keep it to what they've done in the past of the series and not what else exists in the universe that is so that does these things better, we are just doing a disservice to this series. No, I, I, I agree. That's why we did bring up like Fallout, Infamous, all those other games as well. I, I have personally not come to Pokemon games for stories. I think there are some people that do. I, I don't know if that's like the highest amount of people. Uh, but the, the thing about like... I mean, you, you can say you come to Pokemon games for stories, but like you still have to like poke like you still have to like the gameplay loop they're doing. Oh, yeah. So even but, even in something like X thing. and Y, where the story is abysmal, it's bad. Right. Like the game they made is so fun. Yeah. That you get through I, it. So I like, don't disagree. But here's the thing. Here's the example that I always use. I hate all first person shooters. Hate them. I hate the gameplay. I hate how they run. However, Bioshock series is one of my all-time favorites, and I will play it a million times. And the only reason is because of the story they told in that game. Because I cannot stand first-person shooters. I hate them. Man, I, I, I okay. Can't, <laughs> Just I a can't side note on Bioshock. Anything. I love first-person shooters, and I was told Bioshock was good. I cannot stand games. This is just me because I'm dumb. If if they, if a if a shooter has it where this is why I didn't like Halo Two, by the way, where you can dual wield guns and shooting is on the left stick and then shooting is on the sorry the right 
bumper and then the left bumper, I can't do it. I just, I just can't. And in Bioshock, it's like that, right? Like you have magic on one hand and then your gun on the other. And so it's, it's ultimately two guns. And I didn't care how good the story was, the actual... So we're, we're complete opposite, Greg. Like, mm-hmm. if the story is amazing for you, you'll suffer through gameplay. If the gameplay... If, if the story is amazing for me, but the gameplay is bad, I just... I can't do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, to be fair, I'm, all I'm I did... the same... All I did in Bioshock was release bees. I don't think I ever <laughs> used my gun. I'm just go, go eat, eat them alive, my bees. I'm the same as Steve. Like, I... I... I think if I'm not enjoying playing a game, I may as well just be watching a film. Like, I don't, why, why would I, I don't need, now I'm not saying that games shouldn't have good stories and I'm absolutely, I, I, I like when there's a good story in a game that I'm enjoying playing, but that's, yeah, that's not why I'm playing the game. I'm playing the game because I enjoy playing the game. Yeah. And if there's a good story, that's, that's secondary to that. Right. If yeah, I want no, a good story, a, I can go watch something. A good story will draw me in every time no matter yeah. how bad the gameplay is no I, because I, I, I get it i just i i just know there, i'm the opposite because it is very it's a very different experience also for film like like i could also be watching a film but again film hits your brain differently than an interactive thing does and so i like the two mediums like i'll watch a film too from beginning to end but there's an interactive element of games that make that unique to me which is why I will still do them for the story. That that's I, yeah, that's that's totally fair. But but I mean, from I, I suspect Steve's the same on this. Like if I'm like if if the gameplay isn't working with how my brain wants it to work, nothing can overcome that. Right. Like that is just going to annoy me forever. And I and I I can't I can't let anything pass that. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, that's that's fair. And again. I like the core gameplay mechanic of Pokemon. Like, yeah, it is a good marriage of the things I like doing, which is turn-based RPGs, and sometimes a good story. But Pokemon has always hit a balance in between that 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 serves my purpose as well, which is why I really like this series. I've always rated a good story. I've said this before. I've said this a million times. I've always rated a good story in a game to me as somebody who can sit on the couch next to you and be just as engrossed with what they're looking at, even though they're not playing. Right. So I think of a game like uncharted. I think of a game like, um, until dawn, although I hate the way that game ended. Uh, I think, of, <laughs> I think of like something like metal gear solid. I think that metal gear solid, metal gear solid two was that game for a lot of people in the early two thousands of, I want to watch you play it. I have no I have no desire to 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 shoot. I have no desire to stealth. I have no desire to uh bash the sword button, but I want to watch you play it because the story itself is so good. And I've always said like there's not a single Pokemon game that that hits that mark, right? Like no one is sitting on the couch next to you being like, "Man, what happens after the Ferris wheel scene in black and white?" Like so, do, I mean, do people actually do that? Because like my my thing is right, like I people actually game, watch other the- people play yeah, that's why Twitch well, no, is so no, no, successful. No, 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 not watch other people. No, 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 no. Like, would would somebody actually like watch for this story? Right? Like, I get watching people play. Pe- like, I enjoy watching. No, no, just in games in general. Oh, oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because totally. I think my thing is that if if a game is going to be engrossing in terms of the story, I'm not fine. I'm not. I don't feel like that is a 
a game. Now, I'm not saying it's not a game, but to me, like, I don't, I don't play games to watch like cutscenes. I don't play games to like get that story aspect of things. Like, I'm playing games to do something, and sometimes that might be something boring and repetitive, like the farming games that I play. Sometimes it might be, um, you know, co- creature collection like Pokemon. There's loads of different types of gameplay, but I, I, I mean, I, maybe I'm just maybe this is just a me thing, but the idea of like a story being so engrossing that someone sitting next to you would be like, I need to know what this is happening next. I just feel like the gameplay would be so like, I hate when it stops the gameplay is essentially is where I come from. So I I, I can give you like two examples. Number one is like, I know a hundred percent that I don't like the gameplay of like a God of war and Mm -hmm. like God of war was huge when it first released like it was a lot of reasons why people wanted a ps2 or a ps3 and uh like i want i worked at gamestop at the time i bought a used ps2 literally to play god of war because people wouldn't shut up about it and i just didn't like it (laughs) i just like it it didn't matter how good the story was with god of war and then god of war got re-released on uh, ps4 right that game won a bunch of game uh game of the years and then the new god of war just came out actually the same day as pokemon and I watched people play it on Twitch because I just knew, no matter how good the story was, that I, I couldn't get through the combat. I could crank that down all the way to the easiest just to get through it, but I just didn't... It was For me, it was just easier to, to, to watch. And then I think of, like... Yeah. I think of The Last of Us, which, like, Irene would not let me play a second unless she was, like... Like, if she went to the bathroom, I had to pause. Like it was, it was like, and but but she admitted she's like, I could never play this game. What you mm-hmm. are doing in this game, even on the easiest difficulty, she was like, I cannot do that. And and some people just know that. Like I know we joked about like people not understanding like terror types and raids and like what what some games are requiring you to do. She she just couldn't do, and she just loved every single step of The Last of Us. That she was like on the couch, she made popcorn, she was very into it. Like, she was looking up characters' backstories on her phone as we were playing. Like, she was so into The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. And she was actually mad at me that I didn't buy Last of Us 2. And it wasn't because of any of the... <laughs> it wasn't because of any, like, the bad promotion or the good promotion. You know, people are very mixed on The Last of Us 2. It was that I loved The Last of Us so much. It was one of my favorite games ever. It was so depressing. And I just didn't want to go back to that world. Like, I loved playing it. I loved the story. Absolutely would give that game a 10 out of 10. And I know The Last of Us 2 is better in every single way. I do not want to step back into that world and have those emotions again. I am sure that game is fantastic. And maybe one day I'll I'll, I'll watch, like, YouTube cutscenes or maybe somebody on Twitch play it. But, like, Irene was like, are we getting Last of Us 2? I know. I don't want to go back there. I just... I can't. Like, that's just me. Brent watched me play all of Bioshock, right? Like, he would just sit and watch because also he hates first-person shooters, and I was willing to do it. And he would just (laughs) scream, bees, every time somebody would come around because he would release bees. But yeah, like, him sitting there watching. And the funny thing is, is that him watching me play Sword and Shield made him want to play Sword and Shield, and he bought Sword. Him watching me play Scarlet and Violet, he's like, Eh. <laughs> right? Like that that is that 
That Do you is think a thing. he bought Sword because of the story, though, or because the gameplay loop looked good? I don't think it was the story. The the I think there was a there are a number of things. The world was very vibrant. Things felt more exciting from the get go. That like the Pokemon that he saw almost immediately, he was like, "I'm really into." Um, there were a number of reasons why he was like into that game when I started playing it almost immediately. That just did not happen in this game at all. Yeah, I I, I don't think the fact that when he looked up when I had it in and it was like he went, "Why is it so choppy?" And I'm like, "I can't talk about this right <laughs> now." And he's like, "Nope, I'm out." You know, the end of the year is approaching. People usually cancel their subscriptions to things, try to save some money, clean up some stuff. But let's do the opposite. Let's make some new subscriptions. You can head over to patreon.com slash PKMNCAST and you can sign up for $5 a month and get ad-free episodes, bonus episodes, and a bunch of other benefits that we have over there. If you can't remember that, you can go to over to isc.cash. Uh, that'll also get you to our Patreon page. And if that's too complicated, and if you're on Apple Podcasts, you can hit that little subscribe button in Apple Podcasts and get the same benefits. You'll get ad-free episodes and bonus episodes delivered right to your Apple Podcast app when it arrives. So if you'd like to support the show, if you'd like to get some extra stuff, patreon.com slash P-K-M-N-C-A-S-T. Here's the thing that we, we didn't talk about. Area Zero is in itself i feel like is shocking like i i didn't expect almost like a whole second open world in the middle of the game um i guess i i i i think i said this uh, you know like two months ago i kind of expected the center of the map to be like empty or or just to be like where one legendary like encounter a big was or yeah. something like that yeah i didn't expect it to be this like multi-layered like like i said almost its own open world like i don't know how big area zero is in relation like i don't know if it's like one fourth the map size or one eighth the map size it's big though Mm -hmm. it's a big space to explore and i think graphic like graphics aside i don't think the game is very pretty we've we've talked about i've talked about that i don't think the game runs very smoothly i think the frame rate does a big disservice but yeah if you ignore all of that, which is a lot to ignore, I know. It's a lot it's to so ignore. It's so much to ignore. But if you've made it to Area Zero, you've probably ignored most of it. That's why you've made it there. <laughs> but, like, how Area Zero looks, and more importantly, I think the thing that stands out the most is the music they used. And mm. walking with your characters and talking, and there's the, the there's these interactions where they, like... You you double battle with Arvin, you double battle with Penny, you double battle with Nimona, you get to the final thing, everyone kind of is doing their own job. It's almost, <laughs> like, it's it's so refreshing and new in a Pokemon game, I think it's great. I can't help but think, like, games were doing this 10 years ago, this whole, like, walking and talking and, like, like everyone kind of doing their own thing to help. Cool, they did it, they got there. Um, and it's great. But that's not to discredit how incredible that music is mm-hmm. and how, to me, shocking that there was almost like a whole new area in the game that you could explore. And yeah, I mean, like they 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 kind of, you know, if you read the books in each of the doors, which like to me gave me really big Destiny vibes, a big thing in Destiny is you would get to a door you would hit the button and then the robot would be like, 
Alright, well, uh, it's gonna take me like five to six minutes, like, defend as I'm like, and so it's it, like, Destiny is a lot of like, waiting for doors to open as you fight off waves of creatures. Um, it's not really <laughs> like this, but it did give me big, like, I gotta hack each door. But the the books kind of give you the sense that DLC is coming, right? They're talking yep. about a creature that doesn't exist in this game, um, which, you know, speculate would be the third legend. Uh, and we still don't know what crystallizes the that world, right? There is something crystallizing the world. But to get to, to get down there, I think that that pacing. Ah, hold on, my my brain is a million places. I love that this is all after the Elite Four. Yes, and, but yeah. it, they did it in a better way that wasn't like X and Y and Sun and Moon. X and Y and Sun and Moon was like, I'm champion. Okay, now battle this guy on the carpet, or like I'm champion. Now battle Tapu Koko. It's like whoa, whoa I like I I, sh- yeah. <laughs> I just want credits and I kind of want to like relax. And then in Sword and Shield, they kind of learned their lesson, and they were like, all, but all of this stuff you can do afterwards. If you want to catch Zashi and Zamazenta, Swordbird and Shieldbird, all after credits, you can do it at your own pace, which was great, because an ongoing joke in my Twitch streams were like, when are you going to do Swordbird and Shieldbird? And I was like, ah, like it took me like three <laughs> months to do it, because I was distracted by everything else. You could easily, you know, get credits, be distracted by everything else, then come to Area Zero. Once you're there, I think it's so good uh, with everything they built. That you want to do it in a sitting. You want to mm-hmm. hit all four, see the ending. So the fact yeah. that like, quote unquote, save the world storyline is out of your face for the first 40 to 80 hours of this game. Again, to me, incredibly refreshing, helped with the pacing. And when they get to the save the world, it kind of, it just makes sense with everything they set up. They're mm-hmm. just like, hey... Uh, I don't know what the word for this is, but it's like when you, you're not supposed to bring like plants and animals from other countries because it'll mess up like the ecology. Is it ecology? Invasive species. Invasive, Invasive species. species. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty much like, hey, we accidentally yeah. brought yeah. back some species. We don't want them to ruin this world. Oh, yeah. uh, that's all. I, I just got to shut down this time machine to fix that. Perfect. Like it's such a it's oh, it's almost like, yeah, it saved the world, but it feels reasonable it's like low stakes of like oh i just gotta shut down the machine to fix the problem it certainly doesn't feel it doesn't feel forced like the sword and shield one did where you're like i do not understand your weird logic around this because the logic makes sense again they tied it to a number of good real things like they tied the whole emotional plot line to arvin and his dad or mom whatever um but they also like this is an actual real world problem that we have invasive species that is plaguing us today that we know don't let them into california because they'll eat all the plants like we kind of know how to solve that solution and so you can (laughs) you can break that out into something more fanciful right like we know the answer if they're allowed to come in they will destroy the region they'll eat all the plants at the so end of at the end of Scarlet and Violet, you're writing new laws in place of like, all right, right. we're not letting Dawn fans <laughs> okay. cross this all line. Right. So <laughs> here we go. Okay, here we go. Before you go into Mezagosa, you must check all of your sandwich ingredients. Um. So I think again, what this game does really well is it does not ask questions that we don't have answers for, and it does it in a way that makes them very human, very personal, and very relatable. Again, your relatability will vary, but they don't ask things that we can't possibly answer. And the fact that for many years, the answer Pokemon was like, 
just defeat this guy and we'll worry about it later. Yeah. I mean, that's really what they do every time. Just defeat Ro- this Rose guy and we'll worry about it later. Rose is going to prison, I guess. Okay, so <laughs> what's happening with everything else? And is did he actually yeah. go to prison? Where is this supposed Where is- prison? Well, spoiler alert, it's Area Zero. We just didn't find him. Like, they, Penny <laughs> went home to Galar and Gal- Rose came to Paldea to be incarcerated. The the actual battle. So again, I think I think everything just kind of made sense. And whether that was because it was so simple, I I don't think that's like a disservice. I think sometimes no, it's not like like Cyrus wanting to go to another world to capture Giratina is like okay, but what's your what what's your plan if that doesn't work, or what is your plan if that does? You don't really like flesh that <laughs> out. I mean. Cyrus makes me laugh only because their their whole plot line was here's a person that feels really, really sad all the time, and his solution is to destroy the world so he can make a universe that has no emotions. <laughs> and your solution is to beat him up and send him away. I'm like, that's not an answer. He's still super sad. Like, Look, get him a he therapist. Has now. He's fine. He, has he does now. have Sophocles now. Yeah, although he still brings up destroying the world when he gets overwhelmed, so... There's not even a villain in this game. There's an antagonist, but there's no Correct. like villain. And I, 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 I can't help but think of, of. I was listening to a podcast. I think it was Giant Bomb, and they were talking about Cars, the movie Cars, the, the Pixar movie. And yeah. and and one of the hosts pointed out that there is no bad guy in Cars. There is just an issue in Cars that all the characters have to solve. Right, there is no, there is no villain, and they were talking about how their four-year-old son absolutely loves Cars. It's his favorite movie. That sure, that makes sense. Like kids like Cars. Like it's also like a marketing machine, right? You make little toys, and the kids buy all the cars. And then he showed his kid another movie. It might have been Frozen or something. Right? Doesn't matter. Pick pick a pick a Disney movie. <laughs> And the kid questioned why the bad guy was doing bad things. And he was like, this is so hard to tell my son, like, that's just a bad person. And then he would be Mm -hmm. like, but why is he bad? And it was like, I never thought about that before. And then it made me think about cars even more than I've ever wanted to think about cars. Because like, (laughs) I hated that movie when I I saw that movie in theaters and I hated that movie. But then when he pointed out there was no bad guy in cars, I was like, you're right. There, there, There is no like, you're so used to like bad, good guys and bad guys. And like, this is the only way to tell a story. And... Again, I, I I guess I've overplayed or overused the word refreshing, but like I didn't even feel like the ro- the robot that you you're seeing of like oh the professor built me because in case there was something bad that happened I needed to make sure that the time machine didn't get into the wrong hands, but like you have to defeat me because I've been programmed to protect the time machine. Like it just made sense, and it was like I don't see you as a bad guy. This is just your failsafe. And this is just yeah. like, we need to, like, you are going to do everything possible to stop me from shutting this down. But that was what you were programmed to do. Yeah, I do find it funny that they, they would program into the robot that the way to to stop to stop the robot from stopping you is to defeat it in a Pokemon battle. It's the most Pokemon thing oh, ever. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm very everything into that. Is, everything is resolved by Pokemon battles. I swear, I just want to watch Ash trying to get through TSA 
And then, like, your pack went off. <laughs> Did it? Let's battle and see right, if it no, really no, went off. As a, as a wrestling fan, I'm just used to that, right? Like, in wrestling, yeah. you solve every issue by, yeah. like, oh, I guess we're going to the I ring mean, to settle this. Again, like, the, the I'm programmed this way and you have to shut me down is a plot line that's been around for an incredibly long time. Yeah. Uh, and again, they broke no new ground compared to the world. For Pokemon, sure. Um... But again, like there are value in those stories, right? Like there are ways that you need to teach kids. Like there are there are sometimes bad people who are going to do bad things and you need to be aware of it. And then there are also times when there are no bad people and you need to work together. They are two different stories and they work well together. And like if you don't know how to tell your child, why is that bad person doing bad things? And you weren't prepared for that question? Come on. <laughs> like, that is like a fundamental thing you need to be prepping your children for. I think the music for that battle was absolutely fantastic. Yep. I think there was something so cool. As, as, as much as we complain that Game Freak can't program or why is the frame rate so bad or why can't mm. we mass release? Who, there, there, is, there are so much talent over there. Of, oh, yeah. Like the music. The character design, the just Pokemon in general, having a, a a robot professor shoot eighty feet into the sky on a crystal and then casually drop down master balls with either <laughs> prehistoric or futuristic yeah. Pokemon is an image I will never get out of my head. It was so iconic. It, it like. Out of, I, I think of like 26, 27 years of Pokemon, and that maybe because it's so fresh, I just, I just don't think I would ever forget. It was so impactful. And whether or not you thought that battle was easy or hard, again, your mileage would vary depending on your Pokemon. For me, it was a little tougher because, like, literally every futuristic Pokemon had like three electric type moves. I'm sure if I played yeah. Violet, it would have been, they probably would have all had like ground moves or something, right? Like, I'm not 100% sure of the difference. So, like, yeah, it was a little harder for me as using yeah. all water Pokemon, but, like, just the imagery, the music. Yeah. They did that weird, like, static, I'm breaking up thing. The 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 language actually, like, changing. Again, not a new thing. I've seen, like, multiple games, like, just change the font and stuff, but, like, thematically, they nailed yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I, it Out ranks the up there with, with Lusamine combining with the Ultra Beast, right? Like, that mm. that moment where you're like, we're off the rails now, folks. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. They, they were great, very good moments, right? Like they, they, they made a very polished experience, and the game ran better for me in Area Zero, probably because it was detached from everything else, and it just had to work on its own. Um, I think yeah, Area well, Zero I mean, is beautiful. Legitimately, that may well be a thing because, like, I, I believe the game in general loads the whole map while you're running around whereas in Area Zero is just loading yeah. the Area Zero map. So yeah, like I had no problems in Area Zero. I I, I think in you know, you were talking, Steve, about the you know, how how different it feels and how shocked you were about how it looked. I I think it's it's very dramatic. Like you, you walk in there and yeah, I like you, I was expecting it to just be like this this crater, right? Like it, it I mean, that was what I had assumed. I don't know whether it said somewhere that there was a... I'm sure somewhere said about a meteor, right? Yeah, I thought so like, too. So I was... Yeah, so I was just expecting the boring crater. And you walk in and you're like this massive cavern with with waterfalls and, and like the clouds over the top. Like I thought... I mean, 
I personally thought it was really good looking. Like, obviously, there's still the frame rate issues. I absolutely, yeah. absolutely, totally accept that. But I thought that specifically, Area Zero actually looked good, actively good. I know not everybody agrees with that, but I think it actively looked good. Can we also talk about how strong your friends are that they were able to hold you while your mount jumped off a cliff <laughs> and you're like flying out? They're like, iron grip. How strong are you people? This should have come up before this. I, I think wh- whether or not you, you liked the stories, like I feel like this game as a whole is just, it feels so complete. Like you have this open world and these three stories and they all, they're all doing their own unique thing in my perspective, right? Like you Titans, Team Star, whatever. They come together. You have that. Then you have a whole nother area where they're actually tying the three together. Like this is the first time all four characters are in an area. And it, I don't think it overstays its welcome. Like it didn't feel like a drag. And you go through that and you have that professor battle and then you have that like conclusion of friendship. It really just felt to me like a very conclusive experience versus, you know, like X and Y where you're like two gyms and then you're like, where's the third gym for like 17 hours? And then all of a sudden four gyms and then you got to do the flower cannon and then the last gym and then elite four. And then you're like, I guess I'm done. And then you battle AZ on the carpet and you're like, oh, what? And then you're like, okay, I'm, uh, now I'm done. And then, you know, to be fair, X and Y doesn't, X and Y has a lot to do. <laughs> X and Y has terrible pacing. Right. But X and Y has a lot to do if you search that stuff out. Yep. I, I just think there's like so much to do. I think they've figured out a way to give you story appropriately where it didn't feel so in your face like sun and moon. Um, or like maybe, you know, some people said like sword and shield was like very in your face. I didn't feel that, but like, I don't know. It just, it really, it makes me so mad that the game is as ugly as it is and runs as poorly as it does because I, (laughs) I just feel like there's something so special here and it's literally ruined, ruined a lot of people's experiences because of how poorly it runs and yeah, I mean, you could like you'd be like well maybe they need more three maybe they need more than three years for a game yeah probably maybe maybe nintendo should do something okay like i hate that maybe nintendo should do something as like nintendo itself hasn't released bad games like right. what they literally put out yeah. wii sports nintendo switch edition and they <laughs> didn't even launch it with golf the, uh, the like the online is uh, anyway there i could i could keep naming different i mean people are like what well, breath of the wild breath of the wild mario yeah. odyssey yes those are two games yeah. nintendo releases a lot of games they're all not perfect here's the thing i i, I scarlet and violet easily could have been game of the year easy the things that they did that when they when they when they hit the note they hit that note but the rest of the song is awful and unfortunately, there are so many problems with yeah, it that, that you song. can't, you just can't, I can't recommend it to people. I'm like, are you a big Pokemon fan? And are you willing to look past a lot of really bad things? Because sometimes the game is su- like, there are still times when I roll up to a town when everybody's in frame rate city that I'm like, 
how is this acceptable? I can't, <laughs> I can't handle this. It's so frustrating. Uh, but like, yeah, I think again, I think why it's so frustrating to me. I'm sorry, Al, is because I think sorry. the ending to that game is so good. I'm not, I'm not even talking about story. I'm talking about like that battle, the moment of crystal shooting up in the air, the 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 pacing they take you down the area zero with the music and the bat like that whole thing is like what i want in a video game i want this experience and you did this experience and it was a great way to end that game so you like look and you're like whoever decided to make the professor shoot 80 feet in the air and drop master balls I i am sure that person isn't coding the frame rate Whoever designed Tulip isn't the person but, making yeah. the whole, make, fixing the RAM issues. Whoever designed Goldengo or Goldengo, however you say his name, probably isn't the person who decided to load the menu system, right? Like, there are so many talented people there that made a lot of special things. And then there are the programmers who might have messed up their job like again i don't want to point like like the frame rate well, the graphics I, the whatever loading the map the ram whoever whatever is happening that's all bad <laughs> and it yeah hurts i think the thing is that everything else I don't, I don't think i don't think we should 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 be trying to figure out uh, uh you know what who caused the issues i've seen loads of videos of people like oh here's a here's a theory on who who's to blame I really don't like this because like these things are really complicated. Yeah, totally. Um, not even yeah. just in terms of programming, but in terms of like organization. Yeah. And we don't know, like it could have been like that all the programmers are terrible. That's a possibility. Sure. I don't think that's true. I, I really don't think that's true because I, there are quite a lot of people at Game Freak who've been there like the entire time and are very clever people and know what they're doing. A hundred percent. I am not convinced it's the, oh, they don't know how to make a 3D game uh, because like, Legends Arceus was great. Now you could say that the it didn't look as good as a good fine whatever, but sure. that's not the same thing, right? It ran really well and it played really well and it was fun. And so it could be it could be these things combined. It could be a number of issues. It could be the fact that they use people from certain because because the thing is right, it's not just people who work for Game Freak who who have programmed on this game. There are contractors that they use. You can see that all in the credits. There are plenty of people who work on this game who are not. It could be that it could be the timeline and the timeline. We don't know who decides the timeline. We don't know that. We don't know if it's Game Freak who say we are going to do this by this point. We don't know if it's the Pokemon, the Pokemon company. company who says it must happen by this point. We don't know who does that. And it could be just reprioritizing of things. Like someone has said, no, no, in, in management, no, no, this is not going to be prioritized. We're going to prioritize that instead. And that has led to this situation. Yeah. Like there's not someone who goes, Oh, I'm going to program in this bug that makes this really, really bad, <laughs> right? And you, I know for a fact that there are going to be people who work at Game Freak, plenty of them, who are disappointed with what they oh. released, oh, and who absolutely. have been saying for months. They have been saying for months that this needs more time, yeah. and that these things need to be prioritized over these these other things. And we don't know who those are, and we don't and. I just, yeah, I, I really don't want to get into the blame game because, yeah, the, they, they messed up, right? The, the game runs terribly and there are many bad design decisions in this game. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's not about individuals. It's about 
the culture as a whole and the complications. Yeah. Because it's a really, like, there are several hundred people who worked in this game. <laughs> and those decisions are not made by one person. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, I, I a million percent agree with you. I, I, yeah. Again, I guess it's the frustration of, like, well, Nintendo wouldn't have let this happen. Of, like, yeah, Nintendo not yeah. releasing... It's nonsense. Right, yeah. like, like, Nintendo we, no, we had, knew what was going out the door. Like, Nintendo was the people who sat down absolutely. and showed me yeah. the game. And they, they yeah. were genuinely excited yeah. about certain yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. A- and, you know, it, it, it's like, well, the Pokemon company makes all this money. And, again, I have to stress, like, every time they sell a Pikachu plush on Pokemon Center doesn't mean that Game Freak gets another dollar. They have their budgets. Like, this is not unique to these companies, right? Like, like Twitch, yeah. like Mixer could could have survived because of Microsoft. But Mixer was not pulling its own weight and Microsoft shut it down. But if Microsoft wanted to go head to head with Twitch, Microsoft has infinite money. They could have kept Mixer around for 5, 10, 15 years with Mixer taking a loss. Amazon.com does not make Amazon money. It takes a loss every single year. The, re- the reason that Amazon makes money is AWS. Yes, the reason that Pokemon Company makes money is because they sell a lot of plushes and a lot of $500 watches and a lot of $400 Rayquaza pens. Like, Game Freak still has a responsibility to, like, do whatever Game Freak needs to do to stay afloat. Sure, can the Pokemon money company... Pokemon money, that's true. If the, Can the Pokemon <laughs> Company give them more money? Yes. Can they give them more time? We, I, no one can answer that question because we don't know who is setting the time. We don't know if Game Freak is setting their own time. We don't know if Pokemon Company is. We don't. Maybe it's Nintendo. We just do not know. Maybe it's the three of them coming yeah. together, being like, "How much time do you need? Three years? Okay, we're all in agreement for three years, and then stuff doesn't yeah. happen, right? Like, right. But it, 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 it's so. But hard. we love, we love to blame as well because we had last year with. Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, everyone was blaming Ilka for this. Oh, the game would have been so much better if Game Freak had built it. And now we're on the opposite end of that spectrum. Right. You know, it's, right. it's well, we, we, we love we, to we blame We were on people. the like, I wish somebody yeah. else would make a Pokemon game that isn't Game Freak. Yeah. Okay, yeah. now we, we have yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. The, the thing is, is that ultimately, what, what it, why are we seeking blame? It is, a, it is a pointless, useless thing. The bottom line yeah. is... A company made a bad product and they will either learn from it or they won't. Right. And your choice is to continue purchasing it or not. And if this was a bridge too far for you, cool. Be go- be done. Be happy. Live your life I like not the be having good. <laughs> be gone. Be gone. <laughs> but the other thing too is like I you know, there there was a point where destiny was bad. I mean, some could argue that Destiny was always bad, but there there was a point where Destiny was bad and Bungie made decisions and they updated the game. We know that this game will probably get DLC. We know that this game will receive an update. They did formally apologize in the last update. So it is possible. And look, I'm not coming on this program. We're not ending this episode saying like, we had i think it's very clear after talking 10 hours that we have all had different enjoyment levels of this game but at the end of the day we all enjoyed it to an extent right i'm yep. still playing it i will still continue to play it but that doesn't mean that the frame rate the graphics whatever else the bugs those three things don't hinder people's mm-hmm. experiences and if mm-hmm. they update it and if they fix it it would be very easy for me yes. to recommend 
and yep. to tell people, but that doesn't erase people's oppressions going through. And maybe yeah. that why, that's why I was so hard on the whole like map thing, because you can't undo it once you beat the game. You've, you've, that experience yeah. is there. Whether or not you went in the correct order or your own order, now that you're done with it, you know the order. Now that you've, whether you went in the right order, you still can't forget that like, oh, I fell through the floor like eight times or, oh, my game crashed or, oh, like when I was in the Graf the Grafai forest, I went at like three frames I, a second. I was at the top of a mountain and a Gardevoir and Krillia spawned in on the side and I just watched them slide off into oblivion. And I'm like, <laughs> I will, bye. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that with one exception, Steve, is that I, I don't want them to fix all the bugs because some of them are just very funny. <laughs> Did you see the slow, so the slow bro bug? so there was a bug that they didn't fix because I, I, I still have this bug but there was a bug where a great ball would spawn in like a room so this would be very common in the school so every time you'd walk through a door you'd see a little great ball on the floor and I think people uh -huh. speculated that this was like how they centered the room or like where the, the point of everything should be around it seemed like a pointer is what people said I don't know I, I, I've never built a game uh, but anyways, it was very noticeable at doorways. So I guess that made sense. Um, but somebody, instead of getting a great ball, they just got a slow bro. Yep. So every room they walked in, there was just a slow bro standing there. a slow bro there. And then they there. went outside yeah. and they started like catching Pokemon and battling people. And the slow bro would still be there. <laughs> and I was like, don't yep. fix that. That don't sounds incredible. That. <laughs> uh, one final point I want to make about Area Zero is that's what I want from games, right? When I say I want a non-open world because you can make a singular, very well-contained story in one area where the entire area fits that story, that's what I like in games. Area Zero was like, ah, oh, yes, this, I'm home. This is what I want. A contained, strong story in one area that's in here, and I get text over things because you know where I'm going and you could tell me a cool story. That is what I want. We should talk about this, and this will be our final thing before we wrap up, is the the Maridon versus Maridon, Coridon versus Coridon battle. You know, I think the Professor battle was really great. Uh, your mileage may vary depending on your team. Uh, music very good. They 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 give you... It's a, I, I don't know if most people... You know, when when I when I guess when I'm describing or talking, I kind of think of like a casual person, not necessarily a hardcore Pokemon fan. But I, I think of like the casual people who go through that battle, and I don't know if people know that like that battle is really scripted. But I don't necessarily think that's bad, mm -hmm. um, because they w the thing that they're trying to do in that battle, it was very obvious to me, uh, is they wanted you to feel that you're about to lose. And then for your friends to cheer you on and then for you to ultimately win. And it's funny because I think that's what most hardcore fans want. I think when people go like, oh, I want a hard Pokemon game or I want something to like challenge me. I feel like what they're actually asking for is like, I want to feel like I, I was supposed to lose and that I won. Like, oh, I shouldn't have won that, and I did, and that feels great, right? Like you see jaded competitive fans, and they're never like, they're never like, 
oh, I, they're always like, well, I would have won if they didn't hit Thunder Wave. Or like, oh, I would have won if, if they didn't critical hit me, right? Yeah. Like, they know why they lost. And uh, <laughs> I don't think anyone, like, loses against Tulip and they're like, hmm, I don't know how to beat her. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, but in this, in this battle, I think they almost always taunt you right away. And they purposely give you Endure. And I would argue... I don't have the numbers for it that a casual Pokemon fan never uses like growl or never uses screech or like never uses like protect, right? They're just, what's the super effective move? I'm going to hit it. And I think I talked about this a couple episodes ago where like in order for me to win a match, I needed to not use the super effective move and I needed to use icy wind. That was the only way I would have won is to hit the icy wind button and do like two damage, but slow, slow them down for my next Pokemon. And there were multiple ways to win the Coridon versus Coridon match. But I think ultimately what they wanted you to do was indoor, get to one HP, everyone cheers, and then you had time to terrestrialize and then knock out. Um, but I saw other people like use potions because like literally didn't know what indoor did. They were like, oh, I didn't know I was supposed to press this button. So I just like hyper potioned. And I, even, I didn't even think of that because I thought about what the game was asking me to do. Like, oh, mm, yeah. I'm going to endure. I'm going to survive this hit. My next turn, I'll be able to trasselize. He's half health. I'll be able to do enough damage. So it was very interesting. I'd actually be, I'm sure nothing happens if you lose the match. I'm sure it just restarts. But like, it was, to me, it was just interesting. They made a very, oh my gosh, you're going to lose. Let all your friends cheer. You won. Because they were trying to, like, how else do you really tell that story without kind of setting it up? And again, I don't think it's bad. I think it worked. I, you already had your tough battle with the six that the, the professor used. So to like end on a more scripted thing. But again, I don't think a lot of people, I think the majority of people, and not that it's a bad thing, probably didn't realize how scripted it was. People listening to the show probably realized that it was a pretty scripted match. I, yeah. I, I, I mean, I generally don't like the sort of scripted stuff because I, I feel like that kind of pulls me out of the game like i'm playing a game blah 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 blah. however i was fine with it in this thing because like it it wasn't the game interrupting you with something it was okay when you're ready come over to this point and we'll do this and i was like right okay so i'm ready for the final bit of story and then that whole bit was like it's what greg's looking for in a game the the the, all of that it's not what i'm looking for in a game but i'm fine with it as long as it's like i get to choose when it happens um so like i went okay now i'm ready for area zero let's go and do with it and then i spent an hour or so in there doing that that's fine i just hate it when like these things kind of interrupt your normal game flow Mm. yeah yeah it was interesting to watch other people do it and them like not realizing what endure did or not like Um, it was, it, I wasn't it, going to do anything other than what it told me to do. Why, why right, it, like, it was clearly like, it was what you did. Like, I, I watched so many people on Twitch or or just talked to people who walked through that fight, and it was like, like a lot of people didn't even like realize why they were taunting, and it was just you know, it's it's it's. I I think the thing I learned a lot through Sword and Shield is that I think the hardcore Pokemon fans are so vocal. In thinking that these games are easy or that they they need something more when like the reason Game Freak is selling 26 million copies of Sword and Shield is because they know their audience and they know what they're selling it to. I mean, again, we are in a community of hardcore Pokemon people, right? Like 
<laughs> people who are going to go out of their way to watch people play and listen about Pokemon are not that far on the casual side. Right. So we tend to hear from them a lot, the people that have been playing these games for hundreds of years now and know the things in and out. But I, I, I do think the scripting of that, again, I, I, I do enjoy a well-scripted, tense ending, right? Like, I knew that there was probably very little chance I was going to lose that fight because, mm-hmm. boy, what that's not a way you end a storyline, right? Um, but still, they evoked all the right moments and all the right things, and they 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 really sort of brought everybody together as a final uh, moment of triumph, which I think the game needed. Mm-hmm. Um, still, think it was like short shift of Narvin a little bit, but. Uh, I, I, I think it was well, I think it was what, I think is what they needed to end this leg of the story on. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, a million percent. We know there's more story coming. There is, but yes. But I think they needed to end this tale of bringing everybody together, including your legendary Pokemon, to actually be like, and everybody is at the end of their journey and ready to start a new one. Yeah, and I would I would argue that like, this game has a lot to do post. I saw somebody like tweet like, man, I wish there was post game. And I was like, what are you talking about? Because like you could you could argue that Area Zero is not post game, but it, it is like when you first go through it, you're not really exploring it. Um, Like you still have to catch the other legend. They give you two Coridon and two Maridon both games, which is great because you would yeah. ideally trade the other one. You have to catch the killer. You have you, you like uh, once you beat the game, you have to do all the gym leaders again, um, which is great. Uh, there's a tournament that opens up. There's six star raids that open up. Like I do feel like there's a lot. Like again, for a game that you know people are like, oh, the, they need more time. There's crunch. I'm not debating the frame rate or the graphics, but like there's a lot of game here, uh, and I think that was the point I was trying to make earlier. Like yes. It w- they spent three years on it. Yes, there are clearly things that were not finished, like Pokemon's eyes closing during battle. But there is so much game here uh, that it it kind of gets overshadowed by bugs and frame rate, and yeah. that is fixable. the uh, The obvious flaws take away from the game. Um, but there there's a lot of game after after you get credits. So yeah, I think that's our credits. I think uh, we're good with this series, um, which means that it's been three weeks, I think. By the time these episodes come out, it'll be three weeks that the games have come out. Um, we'll probably do the next episode of ISC. We'll probably be the last episode spoiler free. And then every episode going forward, the game's been out for a month. So, you know, if we bring up Coridon or uh, Iron Hands or Iron Bundle or Screamtail, you know, I'll, I'll fair game after that. That just brings up one last point. Why do all the future versions have such bad names compared to the past versions? Like, no, they're bad. all iron something. Oh my word, could you not have thought of some better names for the future ones? <laughs> I know. It's not great. Yeah, we get it. Look, you had one idea for the future and they're the, all robots. Great. The future is dystopian, right? The past, <laughs> the past is rich, the future is dystopian. This is None of them are going to wear, none of them are actually going to be made of iron, though. Yeah, but the the best name is Iron Bundle. 
Everything else is <laughs> I mean, mediocre. I wouldn't disagree with that. Iron Bundle is a great name and a great Pokemon. I, I don't know. Iron Jungulus. <laughs> no, it's pretty bad. awesome. It's bad. <laughs> Iron Jungulus is really awesome. It's bad. All right. This is the last time. Thank you for listening to the series. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, I would say let us know your favorite paradox pokemon also weird they don't actually use the word paradox it's just in the pokedex but like yeah uh favorite paradox pokemon in the comments obviously i read everything on discord slack youtube twitter all that stuff love to hear from you guys hopefully you enjoyed the series um you know i i I think in retrospect this was the best way we could have done the series for an open world game but you know there'll always be more pokemon games there'll be dlc there'll be all that stuff so uh anyways thank you for listening thank you for making it to the end one last time, I guess. Three, <laughs> two, one. Hasta, Hasta la vista. vista. Oh, it's like star. Oh. Yeah, I never got that till No, her. they're making a star, Al. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean like Hasta la vista star. Because they're team yeah. star. <laughs> they're team star. <laughs> that, took me, that took me till this point to realize that the star Cut. was star. Cut. End the episode. We gotta go. This podcast is brought to you by Patreon. If you would like to support our show and what we do here, you can head over to patreon.com slash P-K-M-N-C-A-S-T. A huge shout out to our producers who support our show, starting with Jessica, K, Matthew, Sean, Stephen, Anthony, Brian, Gray, Josh, Casey, Catherine, Bovine, Nate, Ryan, and Stuart. And a huge shout out to our executive producers of Brady and Spencer. Thank you so much for supporting our show. We'll be back next week. If you too would like to support our show, you can head over to patreon.com slash P-K-M-N-C-A-S-T. And we will see you guys next time.